0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Sugar Coated Murder Podcast, a brilliant true crime podcast hosted by two zany sisters, all while baking
1: up delicious treats in their kitchen. Here are your podcast hosts, Karen Devaney and Ann Varner. that because you know we don't hear it and then i know yeah so then
0: yeah it's added and then it's like oh there's Jared here's our friend thanks Jared yeah so welcome to sugar-coated murder and welcome to your kitchen yes welcome to my kitchen yeah yes it's my turn to
1: cook this week and what are you cooking well i'm gonna tell you something y'all it's hot up in here. It is hot up in this whole area. It is July area. in Charleston, South Carolina, and it is hot. Oh. And its it rains in the afternoons, and then it is just so humid. It doesn't cool anything. All no, it just makes the steam miserable. rise. <laughs> it's mis- miserable. <laughs> miserable. So yeah. I'm doing a no-bake
0: situation this so week. It's so smart to do that.
1: It's just a little tiny bit of bake, but not enough to heat your kitchen up to... You know,
0: hellfire, (laughs) hellfire.
1: So um, I am making a no-bake Oreo cream pie. Girl, stop it! it. Stop it right now!
0: You've got to be lying.
1: Lord Lord mercy!
0: Mm, Don't lie to me. Don't do it. I'm not. not. That's gonna be nice and cool and creamy Mm -hmm. and yummy.
1: Yeah. Oh, excited! I had to get a little bit of a head start on it because it's got to sit in the. In the refrigerator for a in while, sort setup. set
0: up. Yeah, well, the nice thing is through the magic of editing and not being on live TV. It's true. You know, we can take a little pause and it's then have true. a little taste and it's seamless and it seems like we're just magically tasting it. It's
1: magical.
0: Yes. So, But
1: I will tell you. Tell me. Um, I went ahead and did my crust because I had to chop up my Oreos.
0: Yeah, that can be loud.
1: And I did it in the blender.
0: Oh, to gosh. To get a good shop. So I did.
1: that was loud. Okay. I went ahead and did that. You take 24 Oreos, and if you get a regular package, not the family pack, but a regular package, each row of Oreos is 12. Mm-hmm. So that's two rows of three rows that you get in a package. Okay. Perfect. Right. So you mush those up in your food processor if you have one because you're fancy. Or a blender like me because duh. <laughs> You get them into a nice crumble. And yeah. you can do double stuff. You can do double stuff if you wanted. If you want. You okay. Can. You can. Then you're going to add in five tablespoons of unsalted <gasps> butter melted.
0: Wow. Five
1: Just Get a nice little crumble going, and you're going to pack that down into your pie plate. Okay. Or,
0: if you want, you can just buy the already
1: prepared Oreo crust at the store. Yes, you can. I'm if not you joking. really want
0: to make it a no-bake, yeah, that's that would be a I definite option. I did the other
1: way. Because I didn't think it was a good idea for me to have a bunch of Oreos laying around here. And the filling part only calls for 12. That would have meant I would have had two rows of Oreos to eat on my own if oh, I hadn't wouldn't. made them.
0: Right, because this ends up using the whole pack. The
1: whole pack, mm. yeah. That's nice. That's nice.
0: It's good. That's a good thing.
1: And listen to this filling. The filling is heavy whipping cream, mm. cream cheese, of sugar, vanilla Oreos. Lord have that mercy. Is like...
0: It's you all can good put things. It in a bowl.
1: It's all good things. I don't things. even need to put it in a pie. No. I just eat it for
0: breakfast. I right feel out like of the that's bowl. a good hearty breakfast. I mean to tell you. I mean, I mean, just put, just put it in the frigid air and eat that. Yes. So I'm
1: gonna whip up this topping real quick. Okay. And I'm gonna get it stuck in the fridge
0: all so you right. can eat it. Well, I definitely want to eat it.
1: At some point.
0: So I'm going to talk about murder while you do that.
1: i was wondering if maybe you could. Yeah, I actually
0: came prepared to talk about murder. Oh my God.
1: I know. I love it. Great, great. All right. Let it roll,
0: Sal. Okay. How? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to talk about... I don't want to massacre her name, but, you know, I'm going to.
1: We always it's, do. I think people are used
0: to it by and now. There, if I came up with, like, just a regular name and just pronounced it first oh, off, yeah. they'd think I was lying.
1: And you could probably even tell me how to pronounce it. I'm still going to get it wrong.
0: Yeah. So her name was No Amy Noemi, Noemi Ramon. Okay. I want to call her Naomi constantly because it's almost spelled like that, but it's not. It's not. Luckily, her friends called her Amy. They knew. Bless them.
1: Yeah. Bless they them knew. all. They knew. They were like, yes. all right, am i gonna call
0: you Amy. I'm going to be her friend, and I'm going to call her Amy.
1: I think that's really nice because there yeah. are a lot of times we come up with nicknames for people that don't have anything to do with their name. No. Nothing. You're right. So, I think it's real nice that you've decided to call her Amy, too.
0: Well, her friends set that up. If it, if it were me, I'd have probably called her Nay or No-No or right. Mimi or some dumb name. But they came up with Amy, so we're going to stick with Amy. Okay. And Amy, back in May of 1990, she lived in the Boston area of Massachusetts. Boston. In the Boston, Boston. Boston. Amy was a single mom to almost two-year-old Sergio. I don't have a problem with that Sergio, name. And he was born when Amy was just 16 years old. Oh, wow. She was very determined to give him a really good life. His father was not in the picture. And Amy told one of her sisters, Norma, that she would work so hard at being a mother that Sergio would never miss the fact that he didn't have a father in his life. She's nice. very, very dedicated to her son. She was starting a law career as a paralegal. Oh, nice. I know. And on May 29th, Amy and Norma they completed a 20 mile walk for hunger, where they had plenty of time to chat, sisterly chats. Aw. yes, not miles, like you can... not like our walk. No, for no. breast cancer.
1: Ours was just begging for mercy. It
0: was just begging for mercy, and it went south the first day. Are we going uphill? We said the entire way on the first day. Is yeah. this all uphill? Is this a, how are we going all uphill? At what point do we get to go downhill? <laughs> And then they'd be like, oh, you're very close to the lunch tent. And, and they lie. They lie. They lie. There were so many people that lied.
1: They just lied
0: and I lied it's just to a us. mile away. Right. Yeah, right. You don't know. And you've been instructed not to tell us the truth. And we're too tired to go back and tell you that you lied. Yeah. And we're too tired to even argue with you when we see you. Yeah. <laughs> so, anywho what that word was oh
1: i love it when you write words <laughs> down and then you don't know what the heck you Wonder
0: what the hell that word is okay so norma was deeply proud of amy and her passion for fighting for the underdog especially victims of d- domestic violence amy was one of six girls and two boys growing up she was the next to the youngest mm-hmm. so growing up the eight siblings shared a two-bedroom apartment with her parents
1: holy smokes they
0: were immigrants from puerto rico gotcha
1: That's tight quarters.
0: Yeah, and they settled into this area of Boston where there were a lot of Puerto Rican immigrants in that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Amy used to say they didn't have much, but what they had was plenty of love for each other. Nice. They had a tight, unbreakable family bond.
1: I love that.
0: On Thursday, May 31st, 1990, Amy called her family asking if someone could come pick she and Sergio up so they could come for a visit. She had moved out and was on her own in some public housing nearby, but not close enough to walk. Mm -hmm. But she was still very connected to her family, and she needed to go by the daycare to extend Sergio's daycare schedule. And then she wanted to go over and see her family and called them and said, hey, y'all, come get me. Come get me. But due to busy schedules, no one was available to give her a ride. And that's where the tragedy unfolds. Oh, no. I know. Here comes the bad part. So later that day, firefighters were called to Amy's apartment. As they entered, they noticed heavy black smoke pouring out of her closed oven. And in the chaos, they could hear a baby crying. Oh, Lord. So as they entered Amy's bedroom, there stood sweet baby Sergio crying next to Amy, who appeared to be unconscious. Uh So they scoop up, sergio take him out to safety and they start checking him out they check him all over and they notice that he's got blood on him oh they check him for wounds and they figure out that blood is not his it's his mother's blood Right? and it was blood spatter
1: oh no oh no
0: so when they go to pull amy out it becomes clear that she is deceased right she had a gash on her head and her throat had been cut no <gasps> lord have mercy Inside the oven, which was on a very high setting, were aerosol cans and rags.
1: Oh, somebody was looking so to So somebody was it.
0: trying to blow up Amy's apartment Dang. to hide evidence. And they were trying to blow up... Sergio! Her dead body and her two-year-old son. Oh, my Lord! They figure out that little baby Sergio has obviously witnessed the brutal killing of his mother. Mm. So during the investigation, the... Police interview Amy's inner circle, of course, starting with her current boyfriend. He told investigators that he was on the phone with Amy when the call abruptly clicked off. Oh, no. So he tried to call back a couple of times, and she would pick up and it would click off, pick up and click off. And then... Finally, she just stopped picking up. So he figured that either Sergio was playing with the phone or that she was busy with Sergio and eventually she'd be in touch with him. Right. The police at that point had very few leads and those leads went nowhere. The medical examiner said that Amy had died from blunt force trauma and um, a stab to her throat and she had been really beaten. They were able to get scrapings under her fingernails, but because this is 1990, there's not enough evidence to progress the case forward. There was no other physical evidence except the murder weapon that they found at the scene. It was one of her kitchen knives. She had been stabbed so hard that it had bent the knife, blade, in half. My gosh. They do figure out that her purse is missing. Her purse? Her purse.
1: Oh, man. and they steal her damn
0: purse? I know. And they could tell that Amy had fought hard against her attacker. Just imagine being attacked in front of your son. I,
1: it, it just... And you died. Terrifying.
0: Not knowing what was going to become of them. Right. Nice. Like, is the killer going to kill my kid too? Right. And the kid is is terrifying and crying for me, and I'm fighting for my life, and I can't help the kid. Right. And then that's how you die. Like, Ugh. that's just horrible. It's your last thought. Yes. Oh, Lord. So, of course, her family is devastated at the loss of Amy, and they were just guilt-ridden by the fact that they were too busy to pick her up that day. Mm. They just couldn't get over it. Her mother just cried and cried and cried and kept saying, we should have picked her up. We should have gone and gotten her. Oh, they didn't know. They didn't know. They had no idea. Also, police found out that the day before Amy's murder, an order of protection against Sergio's father had expired. Now, this oh, no. Remember, his father is not, not in the, in the picture. picture. She has a boyfriend, but the boyfriend is not the father of Sergio. Oh,
1: no.
0: So this dude's name is Arnold Lopez, and they go pick him up and interview him. Lopez said he had recently called Amy to ask if he could see Sergio, but she had denied him because there was an order of protection. Some people just don't understand. Right. They just don't get it. Amy but, get it. you know, whatever. So the autopsy reveals that she had been mercilessly beating and had even been stomped on. Oh, my God. So it seemed to be a very personal attack, not just like grab a person's run kind of attack. Right, Because normally people don't take the time to do all that if they're just there to rob you and get out. Very true. It was clear that she had suffered. Lopez, Lopez, no, Lopez, (laughs) he had an alibi. He had been traveling with his family to Florida at the time of the murder and police were able to verify that and ruled him out since there was no other evidence of him being at the scene right but the family didn't believe that he was innocent they were very focused on the fact that he was somehow involved so in the meantime they Amy's just had family, a feeling they just had a feeling they had a feeling well yeah because she had that order of protection and he had recently contacted her and she had denied him visitation and then, you know, the it expired. The order of protection expired the day before her murder. Right. So for them, it was like, uh, this is pretty obvious. So in the meantime, Amy's family is trying to help Sergio through his trauma. And he would tell them all the time, bad guy did boo-boo to mommy. Oh. And he would also tell them, mommy is on the floor with a big boo-boo. Oh. He would cry for his mom and constantly talk about mom and what happened, but they couldn't get out of him anything uh, else, right. like no details. Because, of course, he's like 18 he's, months to two right. years old. So a big break hits. A known drug user from Amy's neighborhood tries to actually cash a check with Amy's name on it. Oh. So police go and get him and arrest him. They find Amy's purse and checkbook and wallet in his apartment. So this dude... I'm just going to call him the druggy Bozo Dude. Okay, druggy Bozo. Uh-huh. This druggy Bozo Dude says he found all of that in a trash can. Ah. So, please perform a deep dive into the Bozo druggy Dude and can't find anything to link him to Amy or the crime scene. So, they actually have to let him go and move on. Huh. Due to crime overload... At the time, in the 90s, lots of crime in the Boston area. Evidently, they were riddled with crime. And the police were overworked and overwhelmed. The case kind of gets put on the back burner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In the meantime, the family decides they're going to do this memorial tribute to Amy at their church to try to maybe get more awareness out there. Right. At the church service, they make impassioned pleas to the public to help them get to the bottom of what happened. Well, that day, a friend of theirs, a police officer, he was like a police officer that worked in the drug unit. Right. He was there, and their family attorney that was actually working on getting sole custody of Sergio away from Arnold Lopez... Was there, and they were very touched by the impassioned pleas of the family. Right. And the fact that this wasn't going anywhere. So the two of them teamed up with Amy's sister, Norma, Mm -hmm. and they kind of developed their own trio detective task force.
1: Cool.
0: They decided they're going to try to help the overwhelmed police get traction on Amy's case. So they start doing a private investigation on their own, and they begin with a list of suspects. So they put Lopez at the top and they start following him around like this cop gets permission from his boss. Right. When you're not working cases, you can work this case, you know, because you're friends with the family. We get it.
1: Right.
0: He starts following him on off duty, waiting for him to slip up. Oh, I love it. Yeah, me too. So he's got him under surveillance and Lopez doesn't seem to even know he's under surveillance. <laughs> He also searched through all the police files to see what maybe they have missed. And he actually took the police files home. Right. And he and the attorney and Norma would sit at at Norma's kitchen table. Right. And just pour through these police files to figure out where are the holes. Wow. So they really. amazing. I know. They just were so devoted to this. They also made an inventory list of what would have been in Amy's purse. Oh, that's so smart. And then on top of that, what was what should have been in there that wasn't recovered from the druggy bozo dude. Right. Here's the thing. They do all of these, these lists and analysis and all cross-referencing and stuff. Uh-huh. And the crazy thing is they do it without Excel. What? I know they, they do it all do by hand. They didn't have spreadsheets. No. Cow. They did it all by hand. That's insane. So impressed. Wow. So they come up with the fact that Amy's phone card is missing. Now back then, some people that are listening may not realize this, but we didn't have cell phones. (laughs) And a lot of people back then that didn't have long distance that they did they didn't necessarily pay for long distance through their long their phone carrier. Right. They would have a calling card, yeah, a phone card. Yeah. And then you could make phone calls at a pay phone, at a friend's house, whatever. Yeah, you just had to in a you, number. Yeah, and you charged it to your calling card, I and one. then you you paid your calling card bill. <laughs> so they actually figure out that Amy's phone card is missing.
1: Oh lord!
0: So the attorney. So this is why it's great to have an attorney. And a police officer on this little detective trio because the attorney then subpoenas Amy's phone records. Oh yeah, brilliant. exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. She's a family attorney and she's subpoena she's gonna go subpoena some phone records. Right. They noticed that somebody had actually used Amy's card after her murder. A hundred calls. What? Yeah, they were having a dandy of a time. A dandy
1: of a time. So
0: now they just have to find the caller. And then they'll find the killer. That's what they're thinking. So they're
1: saying caller equals killer.
0: That's what they're saying. All right. So they start by logging all of the phone numbers that had been made on that card. Again, without a spreadsheet system. No Excel. How crazy. That
1: is insane. I didn't even know it was possible.
0: I know. (laughs) So, they start to log all of it and they cross reference them to try to figure out are there the same numbers over and over again? Whose numbers are these? I mean, they're yeah. really doing some detective work with pen and ink. That's yeah, crazy. Not thing, I they don't didn't have think, all the technical sugar. stuff. I don't think they even had a whiteboard. Oh, wow. Like, I just, they were just doing it all by hand on paper. I'm so impressed. <laughs> They actually discover two of the phone calls made after Amy's death were actually made to her family's (laughs) home. Say what? (laughs) I will say it again. They were actually made to her family's home. How crazy. Both calls were made on the same day and one lasted 15 minutes. Holy. So they talked to somebody in the family. That day, in question, the family had actually all been out of the house at a family event except for one person. Ooh, Ooh. One of her sisters, one of Amy's sisters, and her name is, Mmm. guys, I'm a, okay, just. Just
1: say it.
0: Zorada. All right. Zorada, not Florida Zorada. <laughs> <but Zarada. laughs> and I'm sure it's wrong. Now, the killer knows the family. Specifically, Zorada, and it's not Arnold Lopez. No, that's because that was the accent. He that was not. It was not not made. It was not made from him. Like nobody has heard from him. Oh Lord. So they actually trace the phone calls to a train station, and then they go start talking to Zorada, and she says, "I remember, I remember talking to somebody that day and hearing a train whistle in the background. Who the heck was that?" Oh, that's my boyfriend, Curvin. Oh, Curvin, Kirvin Richardson had called her from a train station that day, and she could hear the train whistle. And she said, yeah, I talked to him for about 15 minutes. Why are you asking? Oh, well. So Rida tells them, oh, well, Kirvin and I have been over to Amy's house a couple of times for a visit.
1: Oh, gosh.
0: So then they start looking at other calls made on that phone call, and the phone calls were to Curvin's mom. Oh, Kirvin's sister, and even Kirvin's ex-girlfriend. Oh, jeez. All the phone numbers that had been made after Amy's death led back to Kirvin Zarada's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. One of Amy's friends tells the trio detective team that yes, the trio.
1: Yes, <laughs> the trio.
0: Yes, the Trio. It's They were the Three Musketeers. Oh. And that's probably why I kept writing Trio, because I was probably eating a candy bar right about now. Probably. <laughs> and I have been eating a lot of Three Musketeers lately. So they, she, they, who, who did it? One of Amy's friends <laughs> tells the trio that Amy had told her I it's that... Happening. I know, me neither, evidently. Amy had told this friend that Curvin had made advances towards her once, and she rejected him because she knew Zora- Zorada was sweet on him. Oh. And so they're like, oh, so Curvin has made advances to her, and he knows where she lives. <laughs> Amy had also told Zorinda, geez, that's not her name. Zarada <laughs> to break up with Kirvin because he wasn't trustworthy but she and Zarada actually had fought about that. Oh, Lord. They had had words. So the trio takes this evidence to the police mm. and the police call Kirvin in for questioning. And he seems to not be concerned about Amy's death at all, but he is very concerned about bragging about how he is a Don Juan and he has many girlfriends. A
1: Don Juan? He's a
0: Don Juan and he has many girlfriends. Wow. He actually admits to knowing Amy and he even said, yeah, I've been to her apartment with my girlfriend twice. Then he admits to actually that the calls on Amy's phone card had been to people in his inner circle, but he never admits to making the calls himself. (laughs) And he never said, I have the phone card or like nothing. He admits to nothing. And he takes a polygraph test and he freaking passes it.
1: Well, psycho killers can pass tests.
0: Well, I'm just saying he passed it and the police let him go. What can you
1: hold him on? Just suspicion? You got to have the evidence.
0: Yeah. And they're not finding any evidence. The case goes cold, Hmm. which I really hate. Life goes on. And in the meantime, this family friend attorney, her name's Angela, by the way, the attorney. Mm-hmm. She becomes a judge. Here comes. That's fucking right. Sorry, Mama. Oh Lord. Yeah, here comes the judge. So in 2004, she starts to put pressure on Boston's cold case unit to reopen Amy's case. Ah, that's right. They actually go back into the evidence and they find that there they had saved, thank God, the fingernail clippings from Amy's autopsy. Oh. And underneath those finger clippings is some tissue. No, it was not the phone card. But instead of the phone card, they get tissue.
1: Okay. So
0: they send it out for testing. And in January of 2005, they get the DNA profile back. Now they just got to find the match to the DNA profile. So remember, we've got three main suspects, Arnold Lopez, Druggie Bozo, and Curvin. Oh,
1: wow. I was thinking I had somebody else in mind, but keep on going.
0: So they go and find all three of these people and get DNA from them. Right. And it's not Arnold Lopez. And right. it is not the druggy bozo. Right. But I'll be gosh darn ding dang darn ding be big bingo. Wow. It's Curvin Richardson. Where, Curvin? Where's Curvin now? Where is he? Where is he? Where well, is he? he hadn't gone far. He was still in Boston. And he actually was a well-respected pillar of his community. Of course. He was a teacher and a counselor of disabled children. A married father of three. Living his best life. Mm. Just living it out there. Just living it. He had actually just recently received an excellence in teaching award from the mayor's office. Wow. Yeah. Just living his best life until the police arrest him and charge him with first-degree murder. You mother effer. We got you and your teaching award. So. Bring your award with you. Yeah, just bring that right down because we're going to put that in the incinerator and get rid of it for you. (laughs) They go to trial and the whole time Richardson maintains his innocence. The the whole time. I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. But listen, DNA does not lie. DNA don't lie. And guess what else? Killers. Killers lie. Yeah, they do. And they lie on polygraph tests. And not only that, but science doesn't lie because science doesn't have an agenda. Science. Yeah. There's no agenda in science. You don't even spell science with an A. So I'm just saying. Or a G. Or a a D. Oh, right. Okay. So the jury disagrees with Curvin, and they said, use guilty. Use guilty guilty as job. and they sentenced him to life without parole nice now Kirbin can go teach some prisoners something well, no that would be nice would not be yeah. so nice if he did something like that sergio said at the sentencing i can finally relax 19 years after his mom's murder and he could finally let down his defenses wow Sadly, Sergio does not remember his mom, but he remembers the love and the devotion of, that her family and friends always had for her, especially Judge Angela. Nice. Who the family considers her their guardian angel. Of course. Yes, so that is the story of the murder case of Noemi Rahman. Wow. Also known as Amy and Amy, Curvin the jackass. Do what
1: you do. Yeah. Well,
0: what she want to do is not be dead by Sergio. I mean, no. not Sergio by Curvin. Curvin. Yeah, and he he tried to blow that boy up. Like he tried to he was gonna blow up that boy. Right. And then he
1: went and taught children.
0: Yeah. Well, you know that's his guilty conscience. Of course. It is. But he's a jackass. Yep. I don't care how guilty your conscience is, you idiot idiot you freaking idiot you that was a good one thank you very much i love it when dna comes to the rescue and finds these a-holes that have gotten away with murder me too and then you know living their
1: best life out there they're out
0: there living their life pillar of the community yeah father of three like that's gonna make up for
1: taking away a mother's
0: life in front of her child right and they never could come up with a motive. They think that he came in there probably to make advances towards her. Probably.
1: And, and got,
0: mad. got mad. And then saw her purse and on the way out thought, I'll just grab it. And then pitched the purse, but was like, well, I might need to make a phone call to her sister. Oh so I'll just keep this calling card.
1: That's crazy. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So you got your pie in the refrigerator? My
1: pie's in the refrigerator. And now I was, I just thought I, we had, we picked up some fresh produce that you remember earlier. I do
0: remember doing mm-hmm. that with you.
1: And I thought I'd just try one of our
0: kitchen hacks that yeah. we on
1: Alexa.
0: How's it going?
1: <laughs> really amazingly
0: good. So this is the hack on how to clean corn. Yes,
1: I hate shucking corn. Me too. It's so messy. Is it your
0: night to shuck the corn? Uh, we used to, growing up, we used to get huge feedbacks full of corn that would sit on the back porch and... And we, had, we took turns, whose night was it, to shuck the damn corn? And
1: it was good. I mean, I, I, it was good corn. I love question, eating the corn,
0: don't get me wrong. I just can't stand to shuck it. Ah, shucks. Ah,
1: shucks. <laughs> so. so, in this easy, easy to do hack, I've read it two ways. One way you just stick your corn in the husk, everything, in the microwave for five minutes. And then the way we talk about it, you cut the end, not where the silk is at the top, at right. the end. You cut a little bit of that off. Yeah. And then you put it in the microwave for two to four minutes. Okay. For me, um, three minutes
0: worked out well. Okay. And then. Uh, and cutting it at what inch? Which end worked out well?
1: Oh, the you don't cut it at the silk end. Okay. You cut it at the bottom. Okay. Um, I would consider the silk the top because you know yeah. when you suck it, you got to pull it down. Yeah. So uh, you run it in the microwave for three minutes, and then you bring it out. It's a little hot, but it cools off really quick. I loosen the bottom a little bit with my fingers, and then you just squeeze, and that corn comes out. Squeeze
0: with, from the top, the silk. Squeeze end.
1: from the top, and then it comes out with no silk on it. That's
0: crazy. and it just was what the hell how many years have we been shucking all my life I've been shucking corn all my life freaking ever I mean I'm sure since I came out the womb it was always my turn turn. to shuck the freaking corn and I hated it it was your turn half the time because
1: the other half time it was my
0: turn. I don't think it was a third of the time.
1: Well, I don't know how long yeah. my brother
0: had to shut the corn. You know what, come to think of it, no, I don't think so either. Yeah. He always had some excuse like football I'm at practice. football practice they or I just got practice. back from football practice right. or I'm on the way to football or I might have football practice.
1: I'm my girlfriends, whatever.
0: Yeah. So he, he would be the, home
1: in time to eat the corn.
0: Oh, you better believe it. Yeah. Yeah, he, and probably more than his share.
1: Probably.
0: Mm-hmm. So, all
1: right, well, that was a good story. My pie's going. I've okay. got the
0: corn shot. Well, why, don't we, corn tonight? why don't we Let's take pause. a quick pause, and then we'll come back and mayhaps you. Oh, i got a story to tell. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Woo, a story to I got tell. A story to tell. i got a story. All, all right. right, guys, please hold. All right, well, we're back. We're back. I've
1: attended to the needs of my dog. And we'll just see how long that lasts. I think he's going to eat. Going to eat his dinner now. <laughs> He's going to eat that crunchy okay. kibble. That's better than him. I Ryan know. I'll take a that over corn. Very, very high pitched sound. Mm. All right, I'm going to tell you a story. It's crazy. It's but the murder isn't crazy. It is what well, the murder is crazy. <laughs> but then the court cases are crazy. All right, well, let's just so get to just it. So it's just like a whole big crazy. Let's jam. go. Let's get it. The murder I'm going to tell you about took place in a very very small town. Of Buena Vista, Virginia, okay. in the Blue Ridge Mountains. I know where that is. In been 19, there, been yes, there. Home of our grandmother, Lucille.
0: Lucille, home of where Sasquatch would snatch you right out of the window if you slept he on the hunt.
1: He would have,
0: but I've
1: since found out that he wouldn't. That's not. That was not his style.
0: Not so, really, but that particular Sasquatch might have been really into
1: I got confirmation from our Bigfoot
0: <laughs> aficionado, aficionado
1: that that's true. That's not what he would
0: have done. No, Connor says he would not have done that.
1: No, so I'm good. <laughs> Blue uh, Blue Ridge Mountains, Buena Vista. We used to go there. Oh God, I loved it. I love the yes. smell of it. It smelled like clay. Yeah. Grandma lived at the top of a hill. Just below the side of a mountain. Oh, it was crazy. It was crazy. And yeah. part of me wonders, kind of wonder, what it would have been like for us as far as technology with our computers and everything. What the heck would we have done up there? I don't know that we would have been able to get anything.
0: I'm not sure that we would have gotten a signal.
1: I don't really know. Yeah.
0: I don't. I have a feeling it would have been a little spotty at yeah. best.
1: So anyway, this this murder takes place in 1976, and when I was home visiting my mama last week, my aunt came by and asked me to see what I could find out about it. And I really didn't think I was going to be able to find out much because it's
0: from 1976. Yeah. You
1: know, you don't find a lot of information. You
0: wouldn't think. But but they did tend to write things down sometimes in 1976.
1: Well, now, I, I, I knew they would write it down. <laughs> I wasn't saying that, but... When you go and look up your court cases, most of the time something old like that, you would have to order the papers from the court. But lo and behold, lo and behold, all of the court papers, right there online. I love it. Well, give us the skinny. The line. Okay, so this is what happened in Buena Vista on July 23rd into July 24th of 1976. Ralph Harrison had worked a three to eleven shift on the 23rd of July. That was a Friday. When he got off work, he headed over to his friend Ham Henson's house. Ham. Ham. And they, they were going to hang out. So Ralph and Ham sat on Ham's porch for a while, and then they decided they wanted to play cards. And we do that all the time. We right? do. Let's play some cards. Yeah. The game of choice was Tonk. Did you ever hear? I've never heard of Tonk. It's a It's a rummy-type matching game for two to four people. Two to four. Ham's door was open, and after a hand or two, Ralph and Ham heard a truck go by. It was their friend George Sanders. No, Saunders. Sorry, there's a U in there. It's not Sanders. I knew I'd get the names wrong. It's fine.
0: I mean, who am I to judge? Yeah.
1: So Ralph got up and hollered at George. You know the door holler. Holler. And George turned his truck around and came inside and joined Ralph and Hammond and a few hands of Tonk.
0: Because it was for two to four players. Two to
1: four players. That's mm-hmm. right. Two to four. After a while, Randy Camden and Terrence Gray came to the house because they could see that George was there and Ralph was there. They came in and now, you know, we got a party.
0: Yeah, but Tonks for two to four, and now we got five. That's right.
1: That's right. So we had to switch over to another game. Okay. They started playing poker. Oh, okay. Now, there you go. Tom was a betting game too. Of course. You know?
0: Well, you can do anything. You can you can, you can bet anything with a game. You, you can, can bet on go fish.
1: But I, I get the feeling these fellows were into the betting the bettings. Okay. The so they switched over to poker, and now we've got a good old-fashioned hometown Friday night partay at it sounds house. Like it. party is and ham it. party ham. Party ham. Once Terrence got there, they they closed the door because I feel I think that. It was kind of maybe getting crowded yeah. in Ham's house around his table. Seems and like
0: it would have been a little bit crowded. So they just crowded. went ahead and
1: closed the door and lock. And that it. means
0: we're done taking in guests. Like,
1: no more people come. You're going to have to ask. We're not going to holler at knock. you yeah. riding by. We don't want to know. Right. Yeah. Around midnight, because remember, Ralph had gotten off at 11. Yeah. So now we're, we're around midnight.
0: This is the end to the 24th part.
1: Now we're getting into the 24th. That's right. Mm -hmm. Just after midnight, there's a knock at the door. And it was their pal, William Newcomer. And William goes by Billy.
0: Billy Newcomer.
1: Yeah, Billy. Billy pulled up a chair and joined the poker game. And while they were playing, Ralph leaned over and told Billy... That Vernon Staten had been by the house earlier looking for him. A little bit before Billy got to Ham's, a car had pulled up and honked the horn. Randy got up, went outside to see who it was. It was Vernon. So Randy goes outside and says, what's up, Vernon? And Vernon said Get Ralph. So Randy goes inside and says, "Hey Ralph, Vernon's here. He wants to talk to you." So Ralph goes out and starts talking to Vernon. Uh All right, you got it. Randy's back at the table. I I got that. There's a lot of
0: honking and hollering going on. That's what I got. (laughs)
1: Vernon's in his car. He's Mm -hmm. talking to Ralph. Vernon had asked Ralph if he'd seen Billy. Ralph said no. you know why he hadn't seen him? Because he'd worked 3 to 11, so he hadn't seen anybody, right?
0: Oh, that's true. He three should have it 3 yeah. to three 11, three 11.
1: Vernon said, and I quote, I saw him with my wife tonight, and I'm going to hurt him. Oh, shit. I'm going to take these two hands when I find him and hurt him. Oh, no. Ralph said, Vernon, go home. Forget about it. Just go home. Uh-oh. But
0: Vernon said, I'm going to keep looking for Billy. I'm gonna keep looking for Billy. That's and Billy right. come to the poker and now Ralph done leaned over and said, Vernon look over you. Ralph goes back inside to the partee He tells the people what happened. Mm, he told. He told. People. And Terrence
1: at this point, Terrence has been He's been pounding knocking He's like, him down, knocking him down, pounding him down, knocking him back, He's pounding him down. He's I don't lost know. all his money in the poker game, Ugh. and he says, "Well, I don't have a gun, but I sure got me a switchblade." Oh, gee. So, yeah, but then he got—he started throwing up. So, oh, well, he that'll left. do it. <laughs> he took his switchblade and his it cute. Went And went passed out somewhere. He <laughs> <laughs> was getting tired at this point, and it, it's now about two o'clock in the morning. He said, "I'm gonna." I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna. I'm tired of playing. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go I thought this else. was Ham's house. He is, but he didn't want to play cards anymore. Well, He's so tired. Go to bed and tell people leave your house. Well, he may have. He may very well have gone to bed, but I don't think he said leave my house. He said probably I'm been tired. Putting a few back too. I'm tired. He probably fell asleep in the recliner. For all oh, we know,
0: I would have right mm-hmm. <coughs> with the shoes off and his one big toe through the hole in his exactly. sock. I can see it,
1: that's right. Mm-hmm. White socks,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, of course, <laughs> but you know, a little dingy, more like they used to be white, but now they're gray, a kind of grayish. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm.
0: So now, now we're back down to a small
1: enough group, it's just Ralph, George. Randy and Billy, we don't got to play poker now. Oh, we, we can play, can play talk, talk again. We're back to talk. Oh, yeah. my gosh. It's about 2 o'clock in the morning. We're going to have to
0: learn this game.
1: And the fellas played talk for a little bit, and then there was a knock at the door. It was Vernon.
0: Vernon. <gasps> and he He's wanted. looking Billy for I'm Billy for newcomer. Billy. Yeah.
1: He said, tell Billy I want you to come outside and talk to me.
0: Oh, uh, no, because he going to hurt him with his hands. That's right.
1: And Billy said, I ain't coming outside. If you want to talk to me, you come inside. Vernon said, No, you come outside.
0: Oh, no. Billy said,
1: No, I'm not coming out. (laughs) No, yes. I'm coming out. No, no. No." So Vernon pushed his way through the door and walked inside Ham's house. And he got in Vernon's face, pointed his finger. Wait, Vernon got in Vernon's face? I mean, Vernon, come on now. Was he talking in the mirror? He was. was, was, (laughs) The whole thing takes place in front of a mirror. (laughs) That's the craziest part about this story. Vernon walks in and points his finger at Billy and said, you lied to me. And then he takes a step toward Billy, and he swings at him, but he misses. But Billy loses his footing, and he falls on the floor. Uh And Vernon runs over, and they start to wrestle him. There's wrestling. There's wrestling? That's right. And somehow Billy got himself run into the kitchen window and it broke. Oh, no. Yeah, you know. I wonder if Ham slept through all this. He's still
0: sleeping He's in the He's still sleeping in that corner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, it's just a typical Friday night in <laughs> Univista. I know. That's all. And Vernon manages to hit Billy in the eye, and then while he's down on the floor, he kicks him in the chest. How? And then he walks out the door. Vernon does? He, Vernon actually, no, this is what happened. Billy gets up. From the
0: window? He gets
1: his senses about him, because he's been hit in the eye and kicked in the chest. Okay. And he gets up. He starts to walk toward the door, because Vernon's going out. He's well, Vernon's still in the room. He starts to walk toward Vernon. I got it. I got it. It's all logistical. This is going to make sense in just a second. All right. I'm going well, to They're in all the wrestling. Some Coke had gotten Coca Cola. Oh, it's like there's cocaine at the store. Well, <laughs> at the store. They're not at the store. Coca Cola had gotten spilled on the floor. Okay. Now, Billy has come over in his shower shoes. He, he, He's in his shower shoes. Okay. And he <laughs> slips on the Coca Cola. Because he was fresh out of the shower. <laughs> Obviously, he had mm-hmm. been out with Vernon's wife and needed a shower before he came over. Mm-hmm. He had his shower shoes on and he lost his footing in the Coca Cola and falls to the floor it's
0: again. This Billy. This is Billy back on the floor. He got up, he he's got back down. He's. Stepped a few and his shower shoes have let him down. That's right.
1: Okay. And now Vernon says, he steps over Billy and he says, You better be out of town by Monday.
0: Oh, at least he's giving the weekend. Okay. That was awful nice. Yes.
1: <laughs> you need to be out of town by Monday. Oh, man. It's like a cold oh, like western restaurant, right? Gun, I think we're yeah. about to. But with no it? guns. Yeah. Give it a minute. Oh, shoot. So Vernon leaves. And the way Ham's house is set up, he got a porch on the front. Because mm-hmm. remember, that's where Randy and Ham were originally. Yeah. That's where mm-hmm. the story started. was mm-hmm. on the front porch. Mm-hmm. You go down the steps, and he's got a fenced-in yard. Mm-hmm. And then beyond the fenced-in yard, there's a little bit of yard with some trees. You know how it looks.
0: Yeah, yeah. I
1: picture it right now. Right. So Vernon goes, and he ain't running. He just walks out the door. He's heading to his car.
0: Well, why is he going to run anyway? Because... He shower shoes look. is on the <laughs> floor. He just can't get on the floor. He's, he's on really the floor. The co- he's rolling around <laughs> in <into> the Coca-Cola <laughs> with the shower oh. shoes. No. And him with his toe out in the recliner oh. sleeping. No. Why you oh got to run? Lord. Billy jumps up
1: from the floor. He must have taken the shower shoes he off. Must have. And he makes it into the living room and he reaches into a bag that he had in there and pulls out a holster And in the holster is a gun.
0: No, no, no. He takes the gun out of the holster. No, Billy, no. Don't take your gun to town. (laughs) (laughs) Run, Joey. Run,
1: Vernon. Run, run, Vernon. You should have run. Oh, my gosh. So Billy takes out the gun. Okay. And he starts walking out the door. Mm -hmm. Vernon, at this time, is halfway across the street to his car. Sure, and he hears Billy coming down the steps.
0: Oh God! So he
1: turns around and walks back, kind of toward. Like, probably we're gonna keep on fighting.
0: Yeah, because now that you're up out of the Coca Cola, I'm gonna knock you down again. Right. But then he sees the gun. Oh no! That's
1: right. He sees that dang
0: gun and says, "I'll give you to Wednesday." And
1: <laughs> like, all right, Wednesday. <laughs> And there, you know, I told you there were some trees. There and now trees. Vernon sees the gun and he kind of is trying to hide behind the trees, but the trees are real small. Oh, so he dang. can't really hide, so he's kinda of dodging back and forth.
0: Scraggly old pine tree. <laughs> right.
1: Well, and Billy shot him. And then he continued to shoot him.
0: No, no. And
1: Vernon yells, oh God, help me, don't shoot me anymore. And when all the shots were fired, Vernon was lying in the middle of the road, face up with a piece of lead coming out of his nose. Lead
0: out of his nose? He got a lead boogie. Gasping for air. Oh my God. Billy, you went too far. Billy. Billy, you went too far. That's right.
1: Now the police arrive on the scene.
0: Well yeah, because listen, Vernon came, but he just had his two bare hands. That's it. He didn't have That's the, the way you settle things like a man. That's With how you a do two bare I'm sorry that your shower shoes failed you. <laughs> there is no reason to bring a gun out and shoot people. That's right. That's right. That's right. You should have don't wear shower shoes to a fight. And don't bring out a gun when it's just wrestling with your hands. That's right, we were wrestling,
1: that's all we were doing.
0: Gee was. So the police come. All right. Police are on the
1: scene now. One of the police officers is also an investigator.
0: Buena Vista's finest. That's
1: right. He said he pulled up to the scene. It's now 725 in the morning on the oh 24th my gosh, of July. this started at 11 o'clock. He says he saw a man lying in the street and another man standing by the curb. Uh-oh. The officer called for an ambulance. This is 1976, so over his little walkie-talkie. walkie-talkie. I'm going to need first aid, is what he said. I'm going to need first aid. About that time, he parks his patrol vehicle, and he gets out of the car. And Billy walks over to him, and he hands him his holstered gun, and he said, I shot Vernon. And at some point, the ambulance comes. One of the rescue squad workers gets out of his vehicle, and he starts walking over, and the police officer says... There isn't a whole lot you can do for that guy, the one on the ground. (gasps) Oh, jeez. And he pointed him over to Billy. He said, go take a look at Billy, because Billy has a swelled-up face and a little bit of blood on his face. So the other guy goes over, and obviously Billy needs to go to the hospital. And they can't put him in the ambulance, because they got to put Vernon in the ambulance. They can't put him in together. Mm -mm. But there's a pickup truck there.
0: Whose pick up truck is it? Uh, one of the emergency people. You okay. know how it goes.
1: They're volunteers. They, they just come to the scene. They just put their light on their truck and head yep. on they in. So yeah,
0: they, they do it. So they stuck
1: him in a pickup truck. Rescue squad fella heads to Stonewall Jackson Hospital in Lexington, Virginia, which is, what do you think, 30, 30 40 minutes away from Univista?
0: Maybe. You seem like a lifetime, but oh, it's was probably so only
1: 15. Ever. <laughs> And the rescue squad on the way to the hospital, the fella who was driving said, Billy, who was laying in the street? And Billy said it was Vernon. And then he said, I hope that son of a bitch is dead. That's a quote. That's a direct quote. That wasn't me, Mama. That was a direct quote from the court papers. Vernon was taken to the same hospital by ambulance, but died shortly thereafter.
0: Oh, Vernon, rest in
1: peace. RIP. I know. At the hospital. The police officer continues to ask Billy what happened. Billy described the incident exactly like everyone else said. They they were playing cards. Vernon First came it was talk and then it was poker. Talk and then poker and then Tonk, and mm-hmm. then burning and then a scuffle and hit hit up down Coca Cola everywhere. Shower shoes. Shower shoes. Kitchen window done bursted. Got my gun. And there it is. Vernon's done. Got my gun and Vernon's done. Vernon's done. Okay. So once Billy was seen by a doctor and cleared, the officer did arrest him. And they headed from the Stonewall Jackson Hospital back to Buena Vista to process him. Process Mm -hmm. him. The police officer who was driving him said, I sure wish Vernon wasn't dead. And he said, now, Billy, did you mean to kill Vernon? And Billy said, that's why I shot him.
0: (gasps) Vernon
1: had been hit seven times by Billy's gunshot.
0: I mean, come on, Billy.
1: Billy was processed at the Buena Vista Police Station and released on bond. What? They released Billy on bond? Billy is out on bond. That's dumb. I know. All of that story, all of that information that I just told you Mm. is word for word from the court documents. Dang. Word for word. I didn't make any of it up. There was no TV show on it, nothing. Word for word from the court papers. That's crazy. I know. They even talked about the shower shoes and the Coca-Cola. The shower shoes and the Coca-Cola. <laughs> These are witness statements. Witness statements. Well, that's what they talk about. And all of them. Everybody at that game had the same story. All it's except Ham. I don't think... I. I, I didn't see Ham's witness statement. Because sleeping. He slept through the he whole damn thing. It. And uh, Terrence. And whoever
0: it. the pukey man. was, Terrence. That Terrence? That was Terrence. Okay. Terrence. Was Terrence. Terrence.
1: Keeping that in mind, Billy Newcomer is charged with second degree murder. Oh
0: gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Second degree. That makes sense. He didn't plan it.
1: Right. You've got all of these witness accounts, the police officer statement, the rescue squad statement, the doctor statement, the nurse statement, The medical examiner's statement, everybody's got their statement, right? Yes. All part of the court papers. The jury hears all of the testimony. He goes before a trial with a jury of his peers in Buena Vista, population in 1976, to be around 6,400 people. Okay. This happens May 16, 1977. The trial lasted for three days. The jury heard all of that evidence. They saw pictures. They saw everything. After 3 days, it goes to the jury. Mm-hmm. And the jury comes back hung. Excuse a me. Hung jury. What was what they hung up on? In a mistrial's order. What did they- I know? Immediately after the mistrial, the Commonwealth of Virginia files for a change of venue.
0: That should help,
1: right? citing that they did not believe that a jury of impartial members could be found in Buena People
0: must not have liked Vermin too much. Well, the court
1: denied that motion, and the case went back to trial in Buena November 16, 1977. This trial lasted three days. Again. The testimony was heard. The evidence was examined. The 12 jurors were picked. They're given the case, and they come back home. They hung again. There is no Freaking wait! What is going on here? What
0: is happening? They are hung.
1: It's another mistrial. Billy. Ugh. Oh, so again, the Commonwealth's attorney. This cannot be right. Moves for a change of venue, and this time the court says, "All right, we'll listen to what we'll take it under advisement. We'll mm-hmm. listen to what you have to say. Okay. We'll prepare your." Case, it wasn't like a trial or anything. It's no, just it's a hearing, like a, yeah, you, you know, just like have to go. Before the judge.
0: Yeah. The judge
1: is the one that gets to make the decision mm-hmm. as to whether or not you're going to have it. Now, Buta Vista was just a tiny little town. And everybody knew everybody. Yes. And if you didn't know somebody directly, you knew somebody related to them. Of course. Of course
0: you did. That's why I'm saying I don't think people look, they didn't like Vernon too much. Because <laughs> they're not, they're not respecting his justice. Well, but you got to have, all the jurors have to
1: agree. Or a majority have to agree. It's a, just a on majority. The but they were split. Some of them, just like if you and I were in Franklin, Virginia. And we heard a rumor about something. We have an opinion about it, one way or another. This is not a rumor.
0: I it's evidence. That. It's the court. Just... It's the court of law. <laughs> it's not a rumor. Oh. What is happening in Buena Vista? So
1: the, the the of course the newspapers are blowing up all oh, over of course. the
0: place. Yeah, they probably never sold so many copies. I mean to tell
1: you. Um, it, it makes sense that it might be difficult to find 12 impartial jurors or in this case 24, right? Because we exactly. had two trials mm-hmm. now.
0: They're running out of people.
1: During the selection of both the first and second trial, each prospective juror was asked in the what do they call that? Jury selection. Jury selection. Thank you. They were each asked if they had if he or she knew about the case through the news media or personal observation of other sources. Every single person, even the selected jurors, said yes. Even, some of them even admitted to forming opinions on the case based on the newspaper articles. Mm-mm. So every juror has said, yep, I've heard about it. Some of them even said, yep, I heard about it, and I,
0: I got an opinion on it. Mm-hmm. And they were still selected to be a juror. Because you can't find anybody in that town that didn't hear about it unless they are deaf or maybe an infant. So as part of the
1: consideration for the change of venue, the Commonwealth calls the city of Univista's attorney, Mr. Mm Roby, William T. Roby
0: III. Okay.
1: Evidently can't decide how mom and Janie fit into all of this, but... They know all the players involved. Too.
0: Of course, they do. The same, the Roby has a all. very familiar
1: last name, right. so and I they, think. they are lifelong residents of Buena Vista. And Mister Roby is adamant that Buena Vista could, in fact, have a fair
0: trial for Billy Newcomer. Mister Roby, you are wrong. He said, "Mister Roby, you are just wrong. You got a lot of faith in your people, but it's wrong." He said
1: that by changing the venue. The court was basically saying that the citizens of Univista were not capable of being impartial and fair. Well, they are not Which capable, is funny, right? Because, because you've tried twice now. Two, right. Two mistrials on a second-degree murder trial. Yeah. Where the offender has confessed to killing the
0: victim yes. on more than one occasion. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. And there were several eyewitnesses there that all had the same accounting. Of and he, he said, I killed him. Not only did he say he he's dead, he said, "I, I hope he's dead." <laughs> like, come on! But but we're not sure. So about this time, and they actually
1: used this editorial that was in the University newspaper as part of the paperwork for the change
0: of venue. So okay. they, it,
1: Yeah. It is entered as it's
0: part of the it's support for hearing. the argument. I got it. S-
1: support for argument. My God, you're very smart. Am I? I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> You've got all the right words today. I don't.
0: Okay. So a
1: scathing so editorial. Welcome to the, local
0: the Zorro world. <laughs> <laughs> from,
1: how did that happen? From the local newspaper is put into whatever, and it said the last paragraph of that editorial reads: "To move the third trial, if there is to be one, outside of Univista, Vista is to tell all of our people that they are unable to give a fair trial." on this or any future... They're not doing it! The author of the editorial even states that the community resents outside attorneys. When the second home jury was announced, people had been going through corridors of the courthouse making bets. And see, and we knew this was going to happen.
0: Oh my God!
1: Isn't that the craziest thing? I just, I don't understand. Eventually, the judge says, "You know what? I think you're right. We might need to change <laughs> we need it. To hightail it out
0: of here I'm and go to changed, Roanoke. Oak."
1: They changed the venue to Rockbridge County. Okay. So, and we we have a great aunt aunt that was Miss Rockbridge, Miss Rockbridge County. So <laughs> yeah. We are also familiar.
0: We're very tied with that up in this area.
1: community so anyway he goes to trial in Rockbridge and is convicted can you believe get it get out he's convicted of second degree murder I don't
0: even know how they came up with that do you, you want to know been the how evidence? long he sent in jail oh god
1: <laughs> seven years after all that after what are first,
0: you saying I am
1: telling you right now that Billy went to jail for seven years
0: that was his sentence, sentence? they said you go, you are guilty go to jail for seven years correct I don't I don't I just don't Minus. Is-
1: Minus time served.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> no.
1: I'm doing this murder because um, Mr. Newcomer has since passed on one.
0: Oh, thank and God. most
1: of the players involved in this have also since
0: Or, they, or they're at an, on an age where they could give a shit.
1: And don't have access to podcasts.
0: No, so, no. Um,
1: you know, and it's not like I'm seeing anything bad about Mr. Newcomer because he, he himself admitted that. I'm not saying
0: he was a bad character. I'm saying he's guilty of murder. Yes. That's all. I'm not talking about his character. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about his actions. Yeah. His actions were he killed Vernon. So, um. He shot an unarmed man. Correct. In the street and then said, I hope he dies.
1: Seven times. He hit him seven yeah. times. He didn't just shoot at him he, got, he
0: gave him a lead boogie. He got a
1: lead boogie.
0: Like, that is major. That's
1: big. That's pretty big. And he would. He would seven. Mm-hmm. Seven years. So, Yeah. I was delighted to find the information on this case online and now I know why.
0: Good God Almighty, that was a circus. Because
1: they actually called in the third trial in Rockbridge County. Mr. Roby had been disqualified, so he couldn't be the attorney in the case anymore because it was in a different county. Yeah, yeah. But they actually brought him in to testify. As a witness?
0: Who did now he testify was- for, the prosecution or the defendant? It's hard to say. It is hard to say. It's
1: just
0: hard to say. I'd be, be hard-pressed to figure out which I side mean, he landed I, on. I,
1: <laughs> really? He landed on the side of Buna Vista.
0: Yes, he was for the citizens of the Buna Vista.
1: Yes, because
0: he d- we had now faith.
1: It. We could do it again. Let's
0: just keep going it. until just we get the right more. answer. Let's just do one more. We'll do it. We're running out of people. Right. My God, How crazy is that? that was a crazy but it does, circus it, of a
1: story. It does make you wonder if you're in a small town like that, where everybody knows everybody. Can can you get a fair trial? Not in 1976. You can't.
0: It doesn't seem like it. No, was, I mean, and was, that was the year of the bicentennial of our country. I know. Come on, I dressed Honor. up
1: as Betsy Ross. Yes,
0: you did, and I don't remember what I dressed up as, but it was something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and rode horseback in a parade.
0: Yes, ma'am. Yes. And
1: I'm not so sure, but wasn't it the bicentennial that they brought the elephant in? Because I rode on the back of an elephant at one of those parades.
0: Lord, child, not I don't remember. Not in the
1: parade, but it was like a thing. Oh, yeah.
0: I, I don't remember no damn elephant.
1: I got a picture.
0: <sighs> that, I must have blocked that out. No, I think I was probably riding my horse.
1: We got bad news. And what the bad it? news is during production or post-production, at some point before we took the picture, we ate the pie. So the picture that we're going to send you of All the
0: right, pie. All right. See, this is how it <laughs> happened. That pie, it was really good and we we had guests over and there might have been seconds. Yes. And and we were so eager to get into the pie that we forgot to take the picture before the pie was eaten until there was just one little piece left.
1: Yeah. And we didn't even at that point bother to put the the beautiful little dollops and what Oh, we didn't
0: do nothing. And the- we just Ate it. We We didn't garnish it. So we you will see the garnishes in the picture, but they're all around. The one single piece of pie. It's like a piece of pie in an island of Oreos. Yeah, it's
1: like one of those things. It's like a last minute. we got to do this. And, oh, my God, we probably need to serve them something. And yeah. Here,
0: oh, look what I just pulled
1: out of my fridge. I know. I just so happen to have Oreo pie here. Yeah. And we're like,
0: oh, y'all want some? Well, I mean, who knew they'd say yes? And then we didn't. We and didn't then didn't they, they were like, anything. are there seconds? Uh, <laughs> yep, there are seconds. Well, I mean, matter. you'll still be able
1: to see it. And if you want it... We got the recipe from Sally's baking addiction. Of course
0: we did, because we're addicted to Sally's addiction. We
1: tried to give her a rest, but Oh uh, hey, we can't.
0: We just keep going back to her. We just needed a
1: no-bake something because it's
0: hot. Mm. I know. I know. But, so okay. So speaking of it being hot. Hot. Um Sugar and I, we're gonna take a rest. Yo, we need we're a rest. Tired. <laughs> we need a we need to recharge. We so, need a minute. This is an official announcement right right here. We ate the pie, and we're going on vacation. (laughs) And you might have noticed that because this is so late posting, we skipped a week, so we might have already been on vacation. And then then we were like, we might need to tell people we went on vacation. So we're on vacation. (laughs) We've been knocking
1: it out of the park straight for almost two years. Yeah. And we just, we got to take just a little, just a couple weeks.
0: Yeah, and, and we just need to recharge. And really and truly, the summer schedules of ourselves, it just gets a little...
1: It does. You
0: know, I go one way with my people a lot. I go, right. you know, with my with my core. And
1: I go visiting. Yeah, and then
0: she goes a-visiting. So um, it just gets a little ratty. So we just need to get the next couple of weeks out. We just need to recharge. Yeah. And, then, and that's what we're going to do. But we're going to post some we'll old episodes so that y'all don't have to go scrounging around yeah. we'll, we'll try to figure out some way to patch it together
1: yeah send us on um, send us oh gosh email us and let us know We'll check email
0: what what um episodes y'all would like to have us repost oh yeah
1: that's right
0: if we don't hear from them i'll just do i'll pick out two favorites you pick out two favorites and we'll piece them together yeah. through the magic of editing oh yeah because we can do that too we sure can hmm so and we anyway, have we have social media. We do. We have social media. Well, Find us on I'm the sure Instagram. That we'll
1: keep the social media going.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine that I would be off of social media. I can't imagine that you would either. No. So, but we're on social media, and we still have our link tree. We're on Instagram at Sugarcoated Murder. Um, our link tree takes you to all the different ways that you can either buy us a coffee, which we're still in the market for coffee.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, buy some yummy. Plum Deluxe Tea, that they've come out with some really incredible flavors.
1: They're good. And
0: summertime flavors, which are really cool. And um, there's all different ways to listen to us and find us and follow us and be our friends and love us. Be our friends. So, and we love y'all. We do. We really do. And we will miss you all. We're on vacation, but we just need, Mama needs a break. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah. Mama needs a break too. yeah
0: mama needs <laughs> just a little break
1: and we encouraged you take this time and go be with your family
0: and recharge or
1: people that you care about your your people whoever, to whoever your, people your tribe are.
0: is it doesn't whoever the people are in your life that make you happy and relaxed yes. go be with them
1: go recharge and then we'll all meet up
0: thanksgiving <laughs> no 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 no! it'll be before thanksgiving we've got schedules we've that's got right. people scheduled we do we okay, have a we have a slam kind of in the slam. kitchen scheduled with our friend yeah
1: we just need to get ourselves organized and catch yeah. up
0: and yeah anyway
1: it's our podcast and
0: that's what we're gonna do it's our podcast and, and we'll cry if we want to
1: hopefully you won't dump us you don't you'll, forget you'll, about us you'll keep us in mind
0: i know they won't because so. they are we've got loyal listeners we and do. we love them so we do. you guys stay safe Stay sweet. Don't murder. Because if you kill people, we're going to talk about you. talk about you. Yeah, we'll be ugly. And And the
1: things we say are not nice.
0: No, evidently they're not. Mm -mm. And we're not even ashamed of it. Don't
1: make me apologize to my mother.
0: Yeah, well, I do that anyway, so I can't blame nobody but myself.
1: Speaking Mm -hmm. of mothers, we love you, Mama.
0: Mama, we love you. Peace out, Mama. We'll see you soon. Thanks for the murder, Janie.
1: Yes, thank you, Janie.
0: And, um, well... I found my murder on my own, so thank you for my murder. You're myself. This has been Sugar Coated <laughs> thank, thank Murder Podcast, murder. <laughs> a deliciously right, entertaining we'll true soon. crime Bye. podcast. Bye. Like what you heard? You can always explore past episodes by visiting SugarcoatedPod.com. Don't forget to like our Facebook fan page and share with friends. Thanks for listening to Sugar Coated Murder Podcast.